I'm back in Acts chapter 11, talking about the Holy Spirit. Um, it really should be the acts of the Holy Spirit in the lives of the early apostles and disciples of the Lord. So, um, so this question came up then because um, uh, they asked Peter, kind of in a way they said, explain yourself, Peter, because he had gone in to the house of the Gentiles and he was actually eating with them. And they were saying, explain yourself, because that wasn't the law. That's not even what Peter grew up on, that they were supposed to be holy and set apart from the rest of the world. They were the chosen people, holy race, a royal priesthood. So they, they, gave, they uh, in a way, they said, explain yourself, Peter. So I was thinking about that word, those words, explain yourself. And uh, I was talking a little bit to Nicole about it, too. And, and when does that ever happen to you? when somebody says, explain yourself, um, maybe one of the biggest times is when you've done something wrong and you've been caught and it's like, well, explain yourself. Maybe your mom said to you, explain yourself. Like, why did you do that? Just go ahead and tell me. (laughs) So that would be, you're usually in trouble and it's how did you get into that trouble? What, what, what were you thinking? Okay. So explain yourself. Another thing is, um, maybe, um, you've learned how to do something and do something well, like we have some mechanics around us. And, um, and so part of that, uh, handing it off, is <clears throat> when you get to explain yourself in detail to someone that's learning how to be a mechanic, let's say. Okay, you take your hand here, you take your tester here. Okay, so you, you don't miss... So in detail, you explain yourself rather than... Just go change the oil or whatever, you know. Get, just go and fix the lights. Well, I don't know. You know okay, here's, here's detail steps. Detail steps. So explain yourself. That would be another place where you'd kind of have that explain yourself. Um, there's another situation I think maybe for all of us, and that's why we seek counsel from God, is that maybe we don't know how, um, how to explain why we did what we did or how we did it. Maybe God did something amazing, and we just say, I don't know. He did it. I'm not sure. Um, So there's another situation where maybe trying to explain yourself, and you go, oh, I don't know. It it just happened. I don't know how to explain it. And maybe you've been in that situation. Explain yourself. Or there's more to the story. So so here's Peter then. He's he's confronted with, with this. And none of us, I don't think there's anyone that likes confrontation unless that's something that uh, you, you get the adrenaline rush and, and the excitement of, of confronting somebody and, and everyone gets excited. Maybe you're one of those people that just, oh, I can't wait for my next confrontation. Where, where can I do that? I just want to get people going. Yes, let's, let's go have a confrontation. Um, there are some people, my mom's family, I remember growing up, um, their conversations late into the night when the families came to visit was someone would always play the, the devil's advocate on the other side. And they'd have these intense discussions and there'd be shouting and carrying on. That it's, I, I didn't understand that. But then afterwards, it was, they were still family, and they, but they, they craved doing that. That when they got together, they loved um, talking about issues and getting both sides and getting excited and angry and all that. 
but that's who they were. And it's like, you're kidding, but there are people like that. And maybe you're one of those, like our family gatherings, we just get, we get passionate and we just share, but we hug each other and say, I love you and walk away. And it's just great. Uh, maybe you're like that. But my mom's family, it was like, you're kidding. I'd hear this go on. But the end result of really getting counsel from the Lord is peace, right? When you've been counseled by the Lord, there's a walk of peace. That it's, it's his spirit. Okay, so here's Peter. He's confronted with breaking this law or this known teaching. So open up your scriptures to Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11. And so he, uh, people have heard that the Gentiles, so he was at Cornelius's place, right? So here's what happens. Acts chapter 11, we'll start off reading verses 1 through 4. Um, now the apostles and the brethren who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. We're going to come back to that. But they received the word of God. And when Peter came up to Jerusalem, those of the circumcision, so that would be the Jews, the Hebrews, um, it says, they contended with him. Mine says contended, um, maybe confronted, um, maybe that they brought up this issue. And they didn't ask him, according to the scripture, that they just said, you went in to uncircumcised men and ate with them. So they laid it out there. So they didn't ask. I, saw, I thought this was interesting. They didn't ask about um, the word of God. Tell us about the word of God. They said, you did something wrong and we have an issue with you. You went in and ate with them. So Peter begins to explain. <laughs> explain yourself, Peter. So in detail, he's going to go back and he said, well, here's how it all started. See, I was, and he starts his testimony, really. He starts how God had trained him in a new way of thinking, but it's an old way, really, because God's plan was that all people would be blessed through the Messiah. All people would be blessed through the one who would come through Abraham's line. All people would be blessed. So Peter begins to do that. But let's go back to the word of God. Now, if some of you have your bulletins, you'll see I have some cross-references there. Let's look at the scripture, and we're going to just jump through some of it. But go back to Genesis chapter 1. And the interesting thing is that uh, it says there that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it says then, uh, God said. So he spoke. So we're talking about the word of God. So God spoke, and he created things. He spoke and it was created. So the first thing he spoke and he created was uh, light. He said, let there be light. And there was light. Next thing he did, he's, he said, well, let there be an expanse. So he, he divided the waters and there was like the heavens, expanse. And he said, let there be. And then he said, let there be, um, let there be uh, earth. Let there be earth. So push back the waters and the earth and plants and trees and stuff. He said, let that be. And so he's speaking things into existence. He's speaking his word, the power that can do that. And he speaks and he says, well, let there be, uh, what's the next one? The next one is, um, let there be, um, 
Let there be uh, the, the, the light, the sun and the moon and the stars. Let's, let's put lights out there. And, let's, and the sun would rule the day and the moon the night. And so he put the lights out there. And then he said, let, the, um, let there be uh, fish in the, in the waters and the seas and let there be um, birds in the air. And so that happened. And he said, um, uh, finally on the sixth day, he said, let there be land animals. And he created land animals and beasts on the ground. And in that same day, he said, Let's make man in our image. And he created them, male and female. And he said, go and multiply. And then he said, you can have dominion over creation, over all the animals. Isn't that beautiful? So God spoke and it happened on the seventh day. He, he rested. So let's go to another place, God's word. So John, Gospel of John, New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Uh, and it says... In the beginning was the Word. There we go. We're talking about the Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. Apart from Him, nothing was made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of man. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. Go over to verse 14 then. It says, And the Word became human or became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory of the only begotten from the father full of grace and truth so not only did god speak and things were created god himself the word that spoke and created said right here that he became one of us so we celebrate it at christmas time that's when we go he came and so he came and he was one of us he knew everything and he became one of us. Go back to the back of your Bible to First uh, John. So almost back by Revelation, First John. And in First John chapter one, it talks about the beginning again, but it talks about the Word again. It talks about Jesus, really. So, First John chapter one. And that which was from the beginning, which we have heard and which we have seen with our eyes and which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was made known and we have seen and we bear witness and we declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifest to us. Verse 3. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy would be made full. Okay. So Peter went to the Gentiles, and they heard that they had received the Word of God. They had received the truth of this God of all creation who came down and made a way for people to know this God of all creation through Jesus Christ came. Okay, so when that happens, joy happens. I don't know exactly for you when that day was made known to you when God had caused you to have this amazing birth into his family that he made a way and it happened to you. But I have a feeling that joy happened 
when that happened to you, that there was a, a burden that was released, or there was a confirmation that what mom and dad taught you was true after all, and you went, I believe what mom and dad said. I, I, I'm going to just, it's life. It's life. You found the words of life. So before we, before we head into Peter's explanation, we're talking about the word of God. He created, he spoke. The word of God, Jesus came and walked in this earth. He's the creator. He is God the creator and God the son. So he came and he lived. He lived a beautiful life and he proved his love from the cross. So Jesus came, this, this love. So the words that um, we've heard from him, the words that you read every day for an hour <laughs> or you praise the word every hour, uh, every every day, and maybe you're praying like Glenn without ceasing all through the day that you're talking to him all the time. I need your help here. I need a parking place here. I need, I'm afraid of this car that's coming up on me, please, Lord. And you're just, he's just your life. That's just what you do. I need to go to the store, Lord. I need to pick up this and that. And I have this, I have this issue with this person, Lord. I need your help. And you're just, that's your life. He is your life. So I was interested in Psalm uh, 1914 and it says may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight O Lord my rock and my redeemer that is a beautiful prayer isn't it it's a beautiful prayer so there's a tip for the day for you Psalm 1914 if you want to memorize that in your prayer time that's asking God Almighty himself to do this through you that may my words be pleasing to you. May where they come from be pleasing to you, Lord. Psalm nineteen fourteen. So, here's Peter. They, they say, explain yourself in a way. And so, in verse 4, Peter begins to explain himself. Here it goes. And this really could be said, Peter explains how to be saved or how to come to know the Lord, he says. Verse 4, Peter explained to them an order from the beginning, saying, let's see, I was in the city of Yape, praying, and in a trance I saw a vision, an object descending like a great sheet down from heaven by four corners, and it came to me. When I observed it intently, I considered I saw four-footed animals of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and birds of the air. And I heard a voice saying to me, Rise, Peter. Eat, kill, and eat. But I said, Not I, Lord, for nothing common or unclean has at any time entered my mouth. But the voice answered, me again from heaven. What God has cleansed, you must not call common. Verse 10. And this was done three times, and they were all drawn up again into heaven. So he's, he must be sitting with the apostles and the other disciples, and he's sharing the story or this testimony of what happened to him, this unbelievable testimony. As he's praying in this trance, he sees this, so like a daydream, I guess, a holy daydream. He sees the sheet come down, and this message is given to him that breaks everything that he's known in his religious ways about 
eating unclean animals. And this voice from heaven says, no, you kill it and eat it. I've made them clean. So he's relaying this to those that believe the same way he does. And he's saying, I'm telling you, my thinking changed, right? So here it goes. Verse 10, now this was done three times and all were drawn up again into heaven. Interesting thing that he shares next. But at that very moment, three men stood before the house where I was, having been sent to me from Caesarea. Verse 12. Then the Spirit told me to go with them, doubting nothing. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. So in a way, Peter is telling on other <laughs> circumcised Jews that were with him. He said, these, these six so he has witnesses. It's not just Peter now, just so that you know. It's not just Peter saying, it's my word. I saw this. No, no. These three men came, and this is, okay, so he says, they accompanied me. We, we entered the man's house. I could imagine Peter saying, right, guys? You went, <laughs> you went with me into the house. No. <laughs> Peter, you went. We just stayed outside. No. So I thought that was kind of funny. Okay, so verse 13. So in the man's house, and he told us how he had seen an angel. So he's talking about Cornelius. He told us how he had seen an angel standing in his house who said to him, send men to Yope and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter. Verse 14. And I will tell you words by which all your household will be saved. These are the words of life. All your house will be saved. Saved from what? Saved from eternity outside of God. Saved saved from the wrath of God. Saved. He said, send for Peter and he's going to tell you those words of life. Maybe you've had an opportunity to speak words of life for people. And the other day I did, I think I shared it last week, I was making my notes up at Natalie's office down there um, in Ferndale CF, and I heard these teenage boys coming by, and they, they, uh, I could hear them talking. They said they were reading the wall or the window, and they said, "Good news club." I wonder what that's all about. Hey, fellas, I'm going to stop in. I'm going to ask what the good news is. And so I'm typing. I'm hearing, and the door opens, and then steps this young teenage boy, and he says, "So what's the good news?" And I'm turn around, and I said, "Jesus." Okay, that that's good. You know, he closes the door. <laughs> you know, I was just, but I went right to the core, right? I didn't know what I was going to do. It was like, what do you, what do you say? But if you can't say any anything else, the name of Jesus, because every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess Jesus is Lord to the glory of God, right? So if you don't have anything else, say Jesus. Maybe somebody will think you're swearing, but you could clarify that. No, he's my best friend. Jesus. He's my Savior and my Lord. Maybe you could do that. So here he is, and he says that this angel told Cornelius that send for Peter, and he's going to tell you the words of life or how you can be saved. So eternal life, life with God, life with God. And so verse 15, Peter begins, and he says, 
I began to speak, and the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning. But I want to stop there because he doesn't, he doesn't tell them right there what the words of life are. He just says, I began to speak, and the Holy Spirit fell upon them, and then, and then he goes on with the rest of the story. I thought, well, that's interesting. We need, we need that piece right there. What were the words of life that he shared? Because he said, okay, in verse 16, I remember the words of the Lord and how he said, indeed, John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And if therefore God gave them the same gift which he gave, he gave us and who believed on the Lord Jesus, who was I that I could withstand God, he says. So backing up again, it's like he's leaving out a big piece. So I thought about oftentimes... Uh, we're called on to share the gospel or share our testimony. And so, we, if you believe in the Lord Jesus, that testimony is when God came to you, his Holy Spirit made it true to you that you needed to believe on the Lord Jesus for your life, for eternal life. That Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Whoever believes in that will have eternal life. He rose again. And he will give you the power, the Holy Spirit power to live this new life. And he has this promise in heaven for you. So whenever that happened for you as a believer, you have that testimony. And some of you have perfected it pretty well. And you can do it in an elevator speech, they call it, right? You get in on the ground floor and you only got four minutes or what, three minutes before you get up and go. And so you, maybe some of you have perfected it that if you've just got that much time, it's Jesus. Okay, <laughs> elevator lands. You get, so however that is, you have that story. However, even I've done it where I say, yeah, I was saved and then I started going to church and I, and I left out saved. What do you mean saved? How did that all happen? And so I've heard that and maybe you're guilty too where you don't say it's because of Jesus and you don't spell out the gospel, okay? So... Look, I want you to go back and look what Peter did. So if, if, uh, if you're in Acts chapter 11, let's go back to Acts chapter 10. So it's not very far away, and we get to hear the words of life that Peter shared. So if you're taking notes, I want you to see that in there is the full gospel, the full gospel that each one of us need, okay? So the first thing that I thought was absolutely beautiful as he talks about this love of God. So when you're going to share your testimony or you're going to share the gospel, start out talking about how God loves them, how God loves and he has the best, however that looks. But look what Peter did in verse 34. So we're in Acts chapter 10, verse 34. Peter opened his mouth and he said, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. That it doesn't matter who you are, is what he's saying. Verse 35. But in every nation, whoever fears him, or I want to insert obeys him, that's kind of the result of fearing God is that you, you do what he has. So fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. Well, Cornelius had been doing that. He'd been drawn by God. He's not a believer. He's been drawn by God and he began doing these good things and he began having these prayer sessions to this one true God and here's Peter with the words of life saying, here is a personal relationship with the one true God. So anyways, he says, 
verse 36, the word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. Now, there's just, there's just a few words there, but they're so powerful. Peace with Almighty God. The Bible teaches over and over again, we have all sinned. There's none of us that haven't sinned and wanted to live our life our own way. We've all sinned and fallen short of his perfect glory. So he says, peace with God through Jesus Christ. It's by believing in him that your sins can be forgiven. Your sin, ultimately your sin of living life without God. So he says, and then he's Lord of all. That means he owns you. Um, We had a Bible verse in our house that Nicole was teaching the kids. Um, That's out of 1 Corinthians, I think, chapter 6. It said, we've been bought with a price. We no longer uh, own ourselves. We belong to God. If you believe that Jesus died on the cross, you don't make decisions on your own anymore. You have to consult the one who paid the price for your sins to be forgiven. And you're thinking, no, just to tie my shoe even? Yeah, guess what? It'd be beneficial if every single detail for you. So, he says in verse 37, the word you know which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism of John that John preached, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Let me stop there. So Peter, kind of the the outline that Peter used was, tell them God's love. Tell them how everyone's welcomed into the kingdom. You all can come, because we're all sinners. So guess what? That's good news, right? That's why it's called good news is that we can all come. So he uses this, make sure they know that they're loved. And then he begins explaining who Jesus is. That it's through Jesus you can have this peace with God. And he talks about how Jesus, and they had heard about Jesus. He went about doing good. He was healing all these people. But then he says he was healing people who were oppressed by the devil. You know, the devil is busy at work trying to keep people from finding the truth for life, right? And so he says, freeing people who are oppressed, and we know that Jesus cast out demons. What, what is the evidence of somebody oppressed by the devil? What, what is that evidence except that you don't have enough power to do the God stuff? You, as long as you do the bad stuff, it seems like that works, but you try to do the good stuff, and it's like you're pulled back down. You can never, you never quite find this freedom over here. And through Christ, he breaks those, the bondage of the devil. And you have this new life to live in the power of the Holy Spirit by believing, right? And I know that some of you out here, I've heard of your addictions that are broken. Praise God, right? New life. And then he begins training you. Baby steps, baby steps on how to walk in this new life. So... So he talks about love, he talks about everybody welcome, and then he talks about this Jesus who went about doing good things. Fully God, um, in bodily form, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. It's Jesus, right? So he's talking about Jesus. And this is what he did when he was living. And then watch what happens next. Here comes the whole gospel, right? 
Verse 39, and we are witnesses of all these things which he did both in the land of the Jews and Jerusalem, whom they killed hanging him on a tree. So then they talked about Jesus being crucified, or Peter did. But he didn't leave him on the tree. Look at this, verse 40. Him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before by God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. Let's stop there. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so just in case um, you want to brush up on sharing the gospel in your testimony, here it is. Um, Here's the gospel right here. Talk about God's love. Talk about how everybody's welcomed into the kingdom. Talk about the way that you're welcomed in through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the one who makes peace with God. And what did Jesus do? He went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And then he says, well, he died on the cross, and then he rose again. That, that is big. Nobody comes back to life. You have an amazing gospel to share that Jesus Christ came back to life. That just doesn't happen. But you have this unbelievable story to share that this happened. And you know, it's interesting because the Bible says that to those that are perishing, that's foolishness. That never happened. But to those that are being saved, they have this, these eyes that go, it's true. And through that, through him, you can have life eternal with him. So there's the gospel. So just in case you want to brush up on that, there it is right there. Start out with love. So here's Peter when it said, when Peter was explaining, so I shared uh, the words of life um, and then the spirit fell upon them. Here's what he shared, okay? So I want to encourage you that if you have that opportunity when somebody asks you to share your testimony, how you came to Christ, share the gospel in the middle of your testimony. Make sure you share that so there's no mistake. That It wasn't just that you, God came to you and all of a sudden you started coming to church and you go, yeah, I just started doing good things all of a sudden. God just he opened my eyes to do good things. No, how did that all happen? Okay. So, here's Peter explaining to his friends. Um, he's explaining to the apostles what happened to him. And then he says in verse 16, the Holy Spirit, he says, the word of the Lord. I remember the word of Jesus. I remember the word of the Lord when he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So what is that? What is that water baptism except that it is a sign of repentance, that you're acknowledging to everybody that you're repenting of your sins, you go down into the water. That was John's baptism, and that's how we, that's part of that thing, and what we do here as believers, we, we're washed, it's a symbol of being washed clean, but then the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the inside work. It's, it's the power to live this new life. So you can't just go through religious things like being baptized or doing communion or coming to church, but you need the power to live this new life. You need the Holy Spirit power. And he says, 
And they, the Holy Spirit came upon them. So this power to do it. The thought came to me that there's something interesting about this kind of way of life. We have power uh, available to us. Um, natural power that man's created. Like many of you drove here today. You have power beyond yourself. When you climbed into your rig and you turned it on, that's more power than you, more speed than what you can do. So we have this interesting thing that we've designed these things that we get to enjoy power beyond ourselves and we control the power. We can go fast, we can go slow, but we can control the power. That's, that's an amazing thing. But the Holy Spirit, you don't control the Holy Spirit. He controls you. So there's a difference in what we know as power around us that we get to manipulate. It's like, oh no, this is a different, whole different game here. This is the Holy Spirit controlling you, putting your hands on the wheel and telling you what to do. And so the question always comes to, are you willing to have someone else control your every move, everything you think? It's not power that he's made available any other way. So when we're praying and we're asking, Lord, please fill me, that I, you're submitting and you're saying to yourself, Lord, I want to do whatever you want me to do. So please make it clear. <laughs> I want to know because I can mess this all up. And so what's, what's wonderful is that just like the Holy Spirit using Peter to do what he did, he used his personality to do Holy Spirit stuff and to share the words of life. He's handpicked you and your personality and where you live that the Holy Spirit would use your personality and where you live to speak and to show the words of life. That's your number one call if you haven't realized that. Since coming to faith in Christ, your number one call is to be looking for those opportunities to help others come to this life with God forever. And you get to enjoy that here. He gets to help you navigate here and now and for all eternity. You know, in the Lord's Prayer, that beautiful place that says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's that Holy Spirit stuff, that the same thing that's happening in heaven, that kind of stuff can happen here and now as you and I submit to his Holy Spirit. Isn't that a beautiful thing? So here's Peter explaining what happened to him and they accused him of doing something wrong and he said, my whole way of thinking had to change. So maybe you're here today and you're going, if I'm going to really do what pastor's talking about, my whole way of thinking has to change. God is gentle, right? He's gentle with you. So if you're, if you're here today and you're coming up to that place of going, Full surrender to God. I, I, I want to know that he's going to be gentle with you, but know that he's also going to get you out of your comfort zone and, and get you to a place where you're going to go, either I trust him or I go back to my old ways. So it says then in verse 17, therefore God gave them the gift as he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus who was I that I could withstand God. So he's telling them, 
This all happened, and I'm, I, can't, I can't stand in God's way of saving the Gentiles. Yes, I ate with them, but he told me that that's what I was supposed to do. And it says, when they had heard these things, they became silent. So, so as the apostles and the others heard him say all this stuff, and their mouth just dropped open. They couldn't say anything. They couldn't say anything. And then... They glorified God, saying, then God has granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. Repentance to life. You know, when we find ourselves messing up again in selfishness, sin, or pride, however that looks, um, God has given us a, a road to repentance, and that's through believing in Jesus Christ, that he forgives sin, that he forgives sin over and over again, He promises to forgive so that you can get on that highway of holiness, that you can get on that life that he's he's planned for everyone who's believed on him. So the scripture that came to mind for me was Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 10, which says, For by grace you've been saved through faith, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Lest anyone should boast, You are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that he prepared in advance for you to do. So you've been set up. He's prepared in advance for you to do. Okay. So I have to share with you this question and uh, that I felt the Lord asking me. And so maybe this week... You could write it out, the answer, but here's the question. Explain why you are a follower of Jesus Christ. Explain why you are. So explain yourself. Why are you a follower of Jesus Christ? And maybe some of you right now are going, I've got, I had to think about that for a little bit. It's like, um, wait. There's this promise of eternal life. I kind of like that idea. That's why. But wait. So um, just to help each other out here, uh, raise your hand if you already have one, one answer to this question. Why are you a follower of Jesus Christ? Why? Okay, Diane over here. Diane, why? Just one, not three, just one. Why are you a follower? Because I am a sinner. Okay, all right. Yes, and Linda, um, yeah, Linda. He showed me his love. Thank you. Okay, because I'm a sinner, he showed me his love. Carol, did you have one? No, okay. Howard, did I see your hand go up? What is one? He chose me. There's another love thing. Donna? The Word of God says so. The Bible tells me so. It's not what I'm thinking. It's what he said. What he said. Yes. He gave me another chance at life. <laughs> she said he gave me another chance at life. Do I hear an amen there? Another chance at life to do it right. Yes. He will never leave you. <laughs> never leave you. Never leave you or forsake you. He's with you. Yeah, Lord. 
Words of eternal life. Where else can we turn? You have the words of eternal life. So this week, your assignment is maybe you could write out a response to your Savior and explain to Him why you're saved. Why you're a follower of Jesus Christ. Why are you a follower? Because that'll be key in how you share your testimony and the gospel. Okay. Um, One last thing. Um, I wrote down three things just this morning. I was going over this and it's like, I need to pray his word. I need to obey his word. I need to speak his word. The wonderful words of life are better than anything that can come out of your mouth. All the wisdom that you've experienced in life, well, I've done this, I know how to do that. That's cool, but the most wonderful, powerful words you could ever speak are his words and and you lining up with, with his words. So speaking his word. So praying his word, obeying his word, speaking his word.